Let's have a word of prayer. Father, speak through me and bless through me. Change lives, O oh God, and minister to many people today. Let us not leave here the same. Let your word bring transformation. And let your word have impact on our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm concluding our series, the Life Changes series. And I'll be speaking to you on the subject, Life-Changing Encounters. Life-Changing Encounters. Lessons from the story of a sinful woman. Lesson from the story of a sinful woman. I, I went to, for those of you who were born yesterday, you won't understand this. But I went to a school, it's called middle school. When we were growing up, you go to primary school for, for six years. And then you go to middle school for 10 years, for four years, making it um, 10 years. You start school at six and you spend 10 years in school. So by the time you'll be going to um, secondary school, you'll be 16 years. That's how we were punished. Now people go to university at 16. By you, you will go to secondary school at 16. And then you are in secondary school for five years. Isn't it? Yeah, secondary school for five years. Or seven years. Seven years, secondary school for seven years. So we enter university around 23. Yeah, 23. So that, that is how we went to school. So when I, but I had a very difficult um, learning, I had a difficulty learning. When I was in middle school, um, from two, I was 14 years old because I even started school late. And uh, it was very difficult for me in the class of 45 peoples. I was always around 40, 42, 43 there. There were always two people who had mercy on me and decided that we, we got your back. We got your back. Um, um, you know, we will not let you be last in the class. Then my sister, who was in secondary school then, came from secondary school and said she's had some people came to their school and shared the gospel with her and she has gotten born again and she was in the SU and the people showed her where their fellowship was located in Accra and so she wanted she was going for the fellowship and she wanted us to go to the fellowship together so I went with her because I've always loved God when I was young so anything God I would just get myself involved I was just a very religious person so I followed my sister when we got to the place where the people were praying, young people praying aggressively. When they opened the door for us to enter, a hot or a warm wind just came out of the room and embraced me. Instantly, I felt Something just happened to me. And I just fell in love with Jesus. I was later to understand by the Holy Spirit that the same mighty rushing wind that descended upon the church on the day of Pentecost was the same mighty rushing wind that embraced me when I was entering into that chapel when I was 14 years old. No wonder after that experience, I became a 14-year-old preacher. I didn't know how I understood the scriptures. But I'll pick the sermons of my pastor at the age of 14 and even make, make it better during the week and do bus-to-bus -bus evangelism, don't broadcast there were so many things that I did that nobody taught me. And as I grew in the Lord, I sat down to look at my Christian life and I was looking at myself, how did I do this? How was I able to get up at, at 2 a.m. at the age of 14, go and to the Methodist Park and pray at Nadabraka, and then around 4 a.m., come on the street and start preaching? And 
in about one month after I had gotten born again, the whole community knew there was a 14-year-old preacher who was harassing everybody with Jesus. I remember one evening my parents had sent me and I was going and met a group of people who had gathered and they were discussing me that someone has said, I've said, God said to me or God spoke to me and they were arguing, can God speak to people and if God will speak to people, will he speak to a 14-year-old boy? So I chanced on them when I got there. They said, you feel, you feel, come. And then they told me what was going on. I took the advantage, shared the gospel with them, prayed with them just by the street. Kobolo boys, we smokers, trans. Everybody was represented in the group. Prayed with them. At the age of 14, I was baptizing people into the Holy Ghost. I lay my hands on you and you speak in tongues. At the age of 14, in my shorts and chalote and t-shirt, I will enter into a bus. And I will just at the top of my voice say greetings to you in the name of Jesus. I came to share the gospel with you. Jesus loves you. It was amazing to me myself. But what was even very significant after that encounter with that wind what was very significant was that my first examination after that encounter I was stirred the second examination I was second the third examination I was first I believe one of the reasons why my parents would allow me to go to every fellowship and every camp meeting was the fact that whatever Jesus this guy is following he's at least made him intelligent now why am I sharing this testimony I'm saying these things to you because I believe that nobody encounters God and remains the same are you here I did at the age of 14 and my life has changed since from that time up to now. Not only my life, but the life of my family. We have changed because you cannot encounter God and remain the same. The story of the Bible is a story of ordinary people encountering God and having their lives changed. Listen. Your encounter with God. May take a different form. Mine. Was a wind. That blew from people praying. And embraced me. At the time of that encounter i had no understanding of what has happened but i kept in my mind that something strange happened to me in that place the next morning i was harassing my sister let's go to that fellowship let's go to that fellowship by the following week i was leaving her at home to go and it was vacation so they were meeting every day for prayer they met in the morning nine they prayed up to four and went for evangelism for two hours and came back with testimonies and then we will close i did this every day throughout the whole of the vacation and i was leaving my sister at home and i was walking from adabraka to a place called caprice to have those encounters and at that tender age i would be on one week fast how I understood the principles of fasting and prayer. How I understood the principles of evangelism. How I understood the principles of starting a morning devotion. By 16 years old, I had a morning devotion of over 50 people. But my encounter was as simple as a wind. 
It was different from the encounter of Abraham who heard God audibly. But Abraham encountered God and his life changed from a childless man to the father of many nations. When you encounter God, your life truly changes. Moses encountered God and his life changed. He overcame the most powerful man of his generation with just a stake. The man, the pharaoh of Egypt had a whole army. Yet Moses seeing God in a burning bush was a turn around in his life. I pray for someone here that before the end of this year, as we begin our 31 day prayer, may you some way, somehow encounter God. David encountered God and his life changed from a shepherd boy to the most powerful king on earth. You cannot encounter God for you to remain the same. In the case of David, God sent a man of God to pour oil on him. And that was, that was his encounter. That was his encounter. Mommy shared with me how his encounter took place in a bathroom. She was just, I come from fellowship and she was taking a bath. She was not a tongue stalker at the time and she was singing and suddenly she began to speak in tongues and spent hours in the bathroom just speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues and from the following day going, she prayed so much so that they sent for her auntie who was the most powerful person in the family to come and take her for mental assessment because her grandmother said this is the same way a girl was praying in this community by the time we realized she had gone mad and she thought the same thing was happening to mommy because after that encounter she couldn't stop praying for days she was just praying Hannah encountered God and her life changed. God turned her barrenness to fruitfulness. And Hannah's encounter was a simple encounter, a simple incident. Just going into the temple and praying and um, um, Reverend Eli going in the high priest Eli going in there seeing Hannah and said are you drunk and Hannah said no I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord I'm pouring my soul to the Lord I am a woman seeking a child and then the high priest just saying to Hannah a year by this time you will be with a child that was her encounter that was her encounter that was her encounter Gideon encountered God and his life changed from a coward to a mighty man of valor. Jacob encountered God and his life changed from a supplanter to a friend of God. Peter encountered God and his life changed from a fisherman to the greatest apostle. Paul encountered God and his life changed from a murderer to a man used mightily by God. Zacchaeus had an encounter with God and his life changed. Salvation came to his house. The blind Bartimaeus had an encounter with God and his life changed. He started seeing. What about the man, the cripple at the at a beautiful gate. He had an encounter with, with John and Peter. And they said, silver and gold we do not have. Just as we have, we give. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And this man for the first time in over 40 years was standing on his feet. You cannot encounter God and remain the same. What about a woman with the issue of blood? Who came from nowhere in the crowd and after 40 years of bleeding, after, four, after 12 years of bleeding, 12 years of suffering in the hands of many, many doctors, touching the hem of the garment of Jesus, her blood ceased. 
Now all these people I've mentioned here were ordinary men like us. But they have something extraordinary about them. All these men were God seekers. They had a heart. They had a heart. Even Saul the murderer was killing people because of God. He was protecting Judaism. He was killing people and he thought that he was doing it for God. He just loved God but he was following him wrongly. God saw his heart. God spoke about the heart of David. Outwardly, he was not qualified to be a king. But the heart qualified him. I don't know about you. Whether you have a significant encounter with God. I'm not talking about just praying. I'm not talking about just, just fasting. I'm talking about being a ready vessel. So that even as I'm preaching now, you can have an encounter with God. If you are a ready vessel and you are ready for God and you come to him empty and you are saying that, Father, fill me up. Fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. You will leave this service feeling that something happened to you. You will leave this service feeling that there is a sudden change in your life. You will finish these 31 days of prayer and you will feel that something has dramatically changed in your life. Am I prophesying here? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you today? But today, amongst all these people that had encounters with God, we want to focus on one person who had no name. I don't know if I've preached this sermon here before. The seven women with no names, but made names for themselves. The woman with the issue of blood. A Samaritan woman. A Shunammite woman. Then this woman was called a sinful woman. All these people had no names when they were introduced. But then went on to make names for themselves. I'm going to discuss a woman with you. The Bible called that woman a sinful woman. You know how sometimes a situation takes over your life and nobody, nobody remembers your name no more because you personify that situation. Sometimes people may call you that poor man, that sick woman, that arrogant boy, that proud woman. You know, sometimes a certain situation overtakes you and it's, you are the exemplification of that. This woman we are about to discuss, if we didn't know what sin was, you just looked at her and she was a definition of sin. So they, they left her name and called her the sinful woman. Well, many people say because she was a prostitute. Well, the Bible didn't hide any time the Bible had to call a prostitute. They called her a prostitute. But her sin was more than prostitution. She was, she was a multiple sinner. So you couldn't use one term to describe her so they have to take their whole sin to describe her because she was not only a prostitute she was probably also a robber or, and probably a woman a husband snatcher and a quarrelsome lady a drug addict so so they have to put all together and describe her as a sinful woman when you get to that place in your life where people forget your name and they use your situation to describe you, why you need to change that story is an encounter with God. May I pray that somebody will begin to desire God today. 
Somebody will begin to desire an encounter with God today. Somebody will begin to desire an encounter with God today. Because do you know that encounter can take that disease off your body? That encounter can change your destiny? That encounter will give you a new name and a new address and a new location. That encounter with God is what you are looking for. I know many people who thought what they were looking for was money. They got it and still realized it wasn't money. No people who, who thought that if they married, that was going to be the, the end of their sorrows and pain. And marriage brought them more sorrows and pain. Some people thought, if I got money, I can serve God well. Poverty is not letting me serve God well. And if only I got money, I would serve God well. And they got money, it became worse. What you are looking for is not money. It's an encounter with God. There is no substitute for true encounter with God. Please, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. I'm reading the verse 36 to 38. Then I'll read 48 to 50. I'm reading from the NIV. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. One of the things I noticed about Jesus was that if we invited him for dinner, he really came. No, no, the man was a bachelor. The man was a bachelor. And so if you invited him for, if you wanted him to come to your house, just set up a dinner, he will show up. In fact, he couldn't stand the Pharisees, but in this particular instant, the Pharisee had invited him for dinner. And when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. The man went and relaxed, cried. He was just very much relaxed at the table, ready to eat. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. If we hear about a man that has raised Lazarus from the dead, if we hear about a man that has walked on water, if we hear about a man that has stilled a storm, has come to your town, and it was not in your town for you, but he was in your town for, for a Pharisee who is also very critical of sinners. And that man was not just there, but the man was eating. And you heard that the man was eating, and you have been described as a sinful woman, and you are not welcome to the house of a Pharisee. And in the house of a Pharisee, is this man that has this huge image, a famous young man who was below, who was around 30 or 31 years, young man, handsome, very popular, and was in the house. A sinful woman, you will not have the courage to go there. Especially if he was eating, you would have waited for him to finish eating. But people that have encounters with God have a certain attitude. And I'll show you soon. Have a certain attitude. You need that attitude to have an encounter with God. Your, if you have this attitude I'm going to share with you, your prayer life, even a 30 minute prayer, you will feel something has happened. Just two days ago, when I met mommy in the morning, she said, honey, I prayed today. I, I felt I have touched the throne of God. So, she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Please note what she carried. Note what she carried. An alabaster jar of perfume. And I'll show you something soon. As she, as she stood behind him at his feet, so the woman couldn't even approach Jesus. He had to go from the back of Jesus and knelt at the back of Jesus in order to have access to the feet of Jesus. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Now, from the verse 48 to 50, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guest began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Wow! Wow! Two major things happened here, and I'm going to show you how Jesus was not in that house 
for the woman was not in that town for the woman and was not in that house for the woman for any one of you who is waiting for god to be looking for you you will wait forever you will wait forever if you do not want to inconvenience god if you do not want to get out there and say god i am here i am uninvited but i'm here i am not needed here but i'm here you didn't call me but i'm here you are not here for me but i'm here for me ah it doesn't take protocol and diplomacy to get the attention of god it is rugged faith it is unusual behavioral patterns to get the attention of god two things happened jesus said your sins are forgiven because this woman was a sinful woman her greatest struggle in life was a struggle with sin was a struggle with sin jesus said your sins are forgiven what what an instant impact what she has struggled with over the years over years prostitution drugs husband snatching fighting quarreling gossiping imagine everything that that prostitutes do and sinful people do she did them and then that instant jesus looks at her and jesus said to her your sins are forgiven immediately the hold of sin over her life was just broken she was sinking deep down into distraction she was sinking deep down into life of hopelessness she was being buried in her sin jesus looked at her and said the first thing jesus said your sins are forgiven then then jesus did not only forgive her sins you know how difficult it is to forgive people who have not asked for for forgiveness but she did some four things she did some four things that brought this encounter verse 50 jesus said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace she was a simple woman but had faith but what is important was how he left jesus said go in peace it's as if she carried a storm to jesus and when she was leaving she left the storms with jesus and left in peace and the greek word translated peace there is the word arini arini and that means rest it means rest this was a woman whose life has been rested by sin jesus gave her rest jesus said peace what it meant was that rest rest i'm giving you rest you are living here and you are going back home to rest am i prophesying with somebody here rest is knocking at the door of a woman in this house now that same word also means quietness 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 that same word also means prosperity that same word also means to set at one again in other words to start all over again to set at one again so it's like just setting your watch you know like starting all over again to set at one again and jesus looked at her life and said i know you have traveled 100 miles but you were on the wrong road you were on the wrong path you have traveled six thousand miles but you were on the wrong path can i bring you back to one and start again you 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 may feel like this woman you may feel that you, you have gotten to a place in your life where you don't know what to do again an encounter with jesus today will change that 
If you said amen, I just prophesied on you. And it will manifest in your life. You need this encounter with Jesus for your life to change. You need this encounter with Jesus for you to have a major testimony. You need this encounter with Jesus for your story to change. Can I prophesy on somebody here? There is a divine encounter waiting for you. In the, in the whole of the month of December, you will have an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There will be something. Something will happen. A miracle will take place. A testimony will take place. Something will happen. Something will happen. If I'm speaking to you, let your amen sound like a tender. Rest. Rest. In life, it is either you are resting or you are wrestling. I don't know where you, you are, but I want to make sure anything I'm wrestling with this year, I will not enter 2021 with it. That is why from 1st of December to the 1st of December, it's not just going to be a December for me. It's going to be a month of encounter for me. It's going to be a month of prayer for me. It's going to be a month, a month where I want to, I want to have an encounter with God. A life-changing encounter. Mm. Let me show you the four lessons. The four things this woman did that you must do this in the month of December. To have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Number one, she wept at the feet of Jesus. That is, see, your, your tears represents your pain, your sorrow, your burdens, your problems, your agony. That is what your tears represent. So this woman came to Jesus and poured out her tears to Jesus. Her problem, her everything. Jesus, take it. Jesus, take it. But guess what? Some of us have come to Jesus, but we haven't wept enough. We haven't given him all our troubles. We haven't given him all our pain. We have not surrendered enough to him. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, Give all your worries and your cares to him. From the New Living Translation. For he cares about you. For he cares about you. For he cares about you. I'm reminded of a story I read once. Of a man who was driving in a top four-wheel car. beautiful car solid air condition and while she was on the highway she saw an old lady who was carrying a basket of of cassava from the farm the whole lady was making a long distance back journey back home was carrying on the on the scorching sun so he stopped and asked the old lady to join him so she can, he can drop the old lady after he drove for some time, he looked into his driver's mirror and saw that even though the old lady sat in that car, she still carried the basket of cassava on her head. He turned around and said, Mama, why are you still carrying this? I, I carried you and put you in this car because of what you were carrying. So sitting in this car and still carrying it doesn't change your life. Most of us, we are just like this old lady. We have come to Jesus. He's given us a lifting life, but we have not put our worries before him. We have not wet at his feet like, like, like this woman did. We haven't come to the altar to lay down and pray like Hannah did. We have not come to say, Lord, I bring to you my tears. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Your marriage is collapsing, but you are pretending it is okay. Your finances is gone zero. You are living on borrowing, but you are pretending everything is fine. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Come to him. Carry that worry. Carry that pain. Sometimes we are so arrogant that even admitting before God that we have failed and things have gone bad, even admitting before God in our 
prayer closet alone is even difficult for us to do. I'm a strong, strong man. I don't cry. Please, before God, weep. Drop that arrogance when you go before him. Drop, drop that arrogance anytime you go before him and put that prayer request before him. You need help. You need help. You need help. Stop meeting the expectations of men. They see you as a good man. They see you as, as, as a faithful husband. They see you and, they, 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 and you want to leave that. You want to show that. Just to have the reputation of being alive but you are dead. If you follow at the expectations of men, if you want to meet the expectations of men, you will die before your time. Declare your independence of people's expectation and just meet the expectation of God. Come before him come before him. In fact, weeping before the Lord is a, is, is a symbol of prayer. We cry by praying. Prayer, we cry by prayer. See, we cry by prayer. We cry to God by prayer. We cry to God by prayer. This 31 days of prayer starting on Tuesday evening. Be part of it. Come before him. Cry 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 before him. Call upon him. Ask him to have mercy. Ask him to, uh, to forgive your sins. Ask him to start all over with you again. Ask him, Lord, it has not gone well with me. My marriage is collapsing. My businesses are going down. Come before him. Cry to this God who loves you, who cares for you. Cast your burdens on him. Cast your burdens on him. He's calling you to cast those burdens. Give all your worries. He's asking you, give all your worries. Give all your worries. Give all your worries. Why are you holding some? Why are you holding some? When, I, when it comes to men, I'm very weak at asking. One of my sons came to me and said, Daddy, anytime your four tank goes empty, call me, I'll fill it. And then he comes to me and says, Daddy, I know you won't call me. So I brought you a check. Go and fill your four tank. Now, mommy will be asking me, when did you get that check? Because your four is always almost empty. You know? You are... And that is how sometimes we treat God. How could somebody walk to me and say, when your work gets finished, call me. And I can't call. Like, that's how we do. Many Christians, give me all your worries and curse to God, for he cares about you, and yet you can't give it to him. You are carrying it. You are carrying it in your head and you don't sleep at night. You are carrying it in your heart and you are getting hypertension. You are getting bitterness, fears, anxiety worries and you just can't hand it over to him you just can't say lord take over take over take over everything i give you everything lord i hand over everything to you just take over just take over but you don't say it with your mouth you say it in prayer you pray so much and so much that by the time you are leaving his presence you know something has left you you know something has left you they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength. Now, the Hebrew word they renew is the word exchange. 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 Something gets out of you and something gets out of him and then you exchange. The woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said, a virtue has gone out of me because the blood and sickness went to Jesus and exchange for that virtue. You need that virtue to get out of Jesus. You need to get to that pray place where you can pray until the virtue leaves Jesus, until heaven feels that something has left us. Ah, ah, ah. Until there is that feeling in heaven that something has left us listen those two minutes prayer five minutes prayer 15 minutes prayer is not enough look at your problems when you come to me and you are telling me your problems as a your pastor you don't face 15 minutes telling me it's too much to, to say it in 15 minutes you have had a problem for the last 15 years you want to say it in 15 minutes you want to say it in 30 minutes. Say it in 31 days of prayer. 
And by the time the year will be ending, you will know. You will know that you have had an encounter with him. Ah, something must leave him. Something must leave him. Something must leave him. Something must leave him. They that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their weakness with the strength of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their problems with the solutions of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their sickness with the healing of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their valleys with the mountain top of the Lord. They that wait upon 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 the Lord. And I'll show you This woman Was putting one year problem before the Lord I'll show you The tears that came out Represented one year I'll show you soon Lesson two, look at this She wiped the feet of Jesus With her hair 1 Corinthians 11 Verse 15 But if a woman have long hair Is it not a glory to her? She needed to have a long hair to be able to wipe the feet of Jesus with the hair. She needed it. To have a long hair. But the Bible said the long hair of the woman is a glory. So, so she laid her problems at the feet of Jesus. And said, Lord, I cannot give you my problems without giving you my glory. Without giving you my glory. <laughs> without giving you my glory the most arrogant people are people that have troubles killing them they can't humble themselves and say Lord I'm giving you my glory what is that which brings you honor your education your position your family what is that which represents honor in your life lay it before him lay it before him don't walk into this church as an MD. Don't walk into this church as a CEO. Don't walk into this church as somebody who is older than the bishop. Don't walk into this church as a grandmother. Don't walk into that as a mother. Don't walk into this church. Listen, come to this church as a nobody. Some people have problems, but they feel too big to serve in the protocol. Some people have problems, but they feel too big to serve in the ocean department. Some people have problems, but they feel too big to stand there at the car park and direct traffic. Some people have problems, but they feel too big, too big to sing in the choir. Some people have problems, but they feel too big to play the drums. But you cannot bring your problems and leave your glory. It doesn't work that way. If you are coming with your problems, it must come in a package. It must include your glory. It must include your glory. That box that you have put your problems in it must also come with your glory. Drop that pride and humble yourself before him and let him exalt you. Humble yourself before him and let him exalt you. Humble yourself before him and let him exalt you. Am I speaking to someone here? She wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. While she was doing all this, the same righteous people were already judging Jesus. If you knew who she was. If you knew who she was, if you knew, if you are, if you, if you listen to people, you can never do what God wants you to do. If you listen to people, people talk, people talk, let them talk, let them, those who called you a sinful woman cannot stand the fact that Jesus has given you access. Those who said you are finished cannot stand the fact that you are standing here singing praise. Those who said that your life has ended cannot stand the fact that you are, your life is just beginning. I have been judged by having some people around me. But I'm, not, I'm just like Jesus. I'm not a self-righteous man to look at everybody as sinful and myself as holy. 
And therefore, I don't want people, people around me. I don't want you around me. I don't want you around me. I don't want you around me. Whilst I care about my reputation, I care about the kingdom too. And I want to have the same mind which was in Christ Jesus. Those of you who knew me in the wooden structure knows that it's the same city of fair who stands here to preach to us. Because for me, my glory is at his feet. Because I am nothing without him. Without him, I am nothing. Everything I have, whoever I have become, is because of his grace. It's a gift from him. I'm only a steward. You know what annoys me? When I see beautiful women who have a sense of superiority because they are beautiful. And I ask myself a question. You do create your eyes. You do make your nose. You do make your ears. You do make your mouth. You do shape your face. So, so you are arrogant about something that you did not contribute to. So if that person contributes to a degree, you can imagine how arrogant that person would be. Because what you did not contribute to, you are arrogant about it. When people who were president died of throat cancer, you, God has given you a voice and you are arrogant about it. I came to Korea and somebody said, I won't sing again. They are begging you. Oh, 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 please, we beg you, come and sing. Well, you are the best singer, so they are begging you, come and sing, come and sing, come and sing. What, what kind of arrogance is that? What? Hey, 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 hey. God gave you the grace to pray. You have offended. You were the one praying for him when it was nothing. Now we are praying and look away, and he, I will not go to prayer warriors meeting again. You were not the one who prayed. In fact, what you have just said means that you had the grace to pray, but you don't have the heart to pray. So your prayers were never answered. I see some of you look at people you perceive to be ugly and you make mockery of them. Who created that person? On what basis are you judging beauty and ugliness? Drop that, drop that perception about yourself. You are thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. And God will humble you soon. God will drop you nowhere soon. I had one of the fathers pray for me and I lay down. I knelt down, raised my hands and one of the fathers from the land prayed for me. And whilst was prayer, there were people there who took pictures of it and put on Facebook. A friend called me and said, Charlie, they are disgracing you. But you, how could you have knelt down like that? I said, you're talking to the wrong person. I said, you're talking to the wrong person. The greater blessings, the lesser. I said, what should you, look at what you have achieved. What should they have I said, no, 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 no. You are judging greatness wrongly. I know what they carry. When you are humble, you think of everybody better than you. Everybody is better than you. That's how it makes you respect people. Even with God, you can be humble. Even with God, you can be humble. I see people who cannot even share testimony here. Because when they share testimony and admit that somebody helped them, they don't like it. level of arrogance is that what kind of arrogance is that you need to humble yourself for God to lift you humble yourself resist the devil and he will flee the reason why Satan is still standing there in the name of Jesus goes I'm not going anywhere arrogance and you're also being arrogant Satan is also being very arrogant can I share number three with you? She kissed the feet of Jesus. 
First Peter chapter 4, verse 14 says that greet one another with the kiss of love. You see, a kiss is a symbol of deep love. Will you ever kiss somebody's mouth you don't love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You see how yucky it is when somebody's even speaking a, a little bit of this thing. So, kiss is a symbol of deep-seated love. This woman did not just bring her problem and her glory. She also loved Jesus. She loved Jesus too much. She was too much in love with Jesus. I have heard about you. I've heard about a carpenter's son who could walk on the water. I've heard about a carpenter's son who could raise the dead. I've heard about a carpenter's son who could speak to the storms. I've heard about a carpenter's son who is preaching some serious gospel. And I've come to show how much I love you. It would take love. Oh. Am I preaching to someone here? I don't know how many people came here because they love God or because they love themselves. In in fact, for this woman, even if Jesus had not said, go in peace, she didn't go there to get Jesus to tell her to go in peace. She went there because she was in love with Jesus. She loved Jesus. Why are you here? Why? Most people come to church because of them. They don't come to church because of Jesus. They come to church because of friends. Why are you here this morning? Are you truly in love with this man we worship in this house? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. Do you really love him? Let me move on and show you how much this woman loved Jesus. How much this woman loved Jesus. For she poured perfume on the feet of Jesus. John 12 verse 5. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages this woman has done prostitution for one whole year what they paid her every night for sleeping with a man for 365 days she put all together and bought a perfume and bought a perfume and came and laid it at the feet of jesus you cannot even take one-tenth of your monthly salary, your monthly income to bring to Jesus. You cannot even do it. You who are called a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-stalking believer can't even do it. This was a sinful woman who went into her things and said, I cannot go to this Jesus empty-handed. I have to go with an offering. What is the most valuable thing here? Saw that perfume. I said, yeah, this perfume is a year's wages. It's a year's wage and carried that one year salary. One year salary. You can't even pay your tithe. And you are going around supporting pastors who are distorting the scriptures and saying that tithe is an old testament thing and don't pay it and don't pay it. And there are some of you seated here who believe in that. But when I go to the old testament and I say you will be the head and not the tail, you say amen. The scripture you will be the head and not the tail is not in the old testament. The promise that you will be in the promise uh, in the, on the land flowing with milk and honey is not in the Old Testament. You want to pick and choose the scriptures. You can't twist the scripture to face your twisted life. You must straighten your life to fit the scriptures. <laughs> this woman comes to Jesus 
<laughs> with a one year and, and, and look, look at who was talking Judas, Judas said why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor but this was the man who was selling money he was not interested in the poor all these people who are around and, and, and we, 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 we don't pay our tithe because we don't have the poor people in church we use our money to help the poor people they are all Judases they are stealing from God they don't pay tithe they don't pay tight. I know them. They don't. And all these pastors who are teaching you don't pay tight. You know why they are teaching that? Because 10% is not, is not enough for them. They, 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 the, the champion of don't pay tight is not teaching. So seats. He's not saying that God deserves 90%, not 10%. Because the 10% is not enough for them. So when they kill it, now they can raise the bar. But for me, it doesn't matter which percentage of my wealth I bring. It's the percentage of my love. The percentage of my love. If my love is big, I give him big. <laughs> if, 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 if truly you love this man Jesus it must cost you something any woman here listening to me if a man tells you he loves you and still tells you I don't have money that's why I don't, I don't that's why on your birthday I didn't give you anything because I don't have money I used to, I used to bring you yogurt it's the money I had if I take trotter I couldn't have bought you yogurt so I walked to your house with one yogurt with one yogurt wrapped in lotto paper oh 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 that boy is dodging you on your birthday and he's coming to borrow money from you but I, hey let me tell you <laughs> If somebody loves you, he doesn't care how much it's costing him to show that love. If it is one shoe, you will sell the shoe and buy chalwati and bring the money to you on your birthday to show how much he loves you. Oh, love is costly. A man may sell everything he has. It's in the Bible. Look for it and read it for me. A man may sell everything he has and give all his house and give everything for love and it's still not enough. Oh, I'm telling you, is it still not in love it enough? Do you really love this man Jesus? How much has it cost you? How much has it cost you? Very soon, no, the women will be facing this place. Some people will give money to support, some people will give time, some people will give nothing and even criticize it. And you saw those who are doing it. Hey, you there, you have gotten Papa. Somebody's wife are doing their church, and you are there. You are the one doing this. They don't love him. They don't love him, so they don't understand him. They don't understand what it means to have a church. They don't understand it. Yeah, they don't get it. There's someone there speaking like um, Dana Samoa. The battery is the Lord. <laughs> Hey, hey, listen, listen. Proverbs 3, the verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You see, when God is blessing people, when God is blessing people, you can stand anywhere and say anything you want to say. But they knew what they did with God in private. Mommy and I are doing something for God. We'll announce it very soon. But, but that thing that we are doing will take care of me, mommy, our children, and our children's children into the future. I'm canceling Christmas in my house to focus on investing in God. I'm going to have a meeting with my children and say this 
Christmas, we are not celebrating it. Nothing come to this house. We are giving everything we have to the Lord. We are giving everything we have to the Lord. We are giving everything we have to the Lord. We are emptying everything. We are giving it to the Lord. You know why? It sounds crazy. But sometimes love makes you crazy. I don't know. But if you truly want to have an encounter with Jesus. Do what this woman did. Number five. Let me end with this one. And close you. Number five. She put on the form of a servant. Because everything she did was at the feet of Jesus. Everything she did. It was only servants who cleaned the feet. In the Bible days. Everything she did was at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible, Matthew 20 verse 20 says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And you know, Bible scholars believe that this woman we are talking about is a woman who later on became Mary Magdalene. The most influential woman around Jesus. Who later became Mary Magdalene. She was more influential than the mother of Jesus. She was so influential that people with weird, warped minds. I say, oh, she was the girlfriend of Jesus. But Jesus was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. That's what the Bible says. Nobody could have been his girlfriend. He was God. He was fully God and fully man. He could do what men could not do anytime he switched to God. This woman came Mary Magdalene. Very influential, the most influential woman. Because you know what she chose to do? She chose to be a servant. Served at the feet of Jesus. Cannot live without advice. Cannot live without advice. From those at the top and those down here. I leave you with this advice. If you really want to have an encounter with God. Have the heart of a servant. God, that woman could do all the things she did. Because she had the heart of a servant. Amen. You have to ask him. God what can I do for you? What can I do to have an encounter with you? Mm. I want to be like this woman. I want to be like this woman. You'll be amazed that some of you are praying to be like Paul and to be like Peter, but we'll get to heaven and this woman will get a, will get better crowns than them all. What she did here was a whole gospel. Was a whole message. Was a whole gospel. What this woman did here was an amazing thing. I don't know about you, but in December I'll be doing what this woman did. I'll be at the feet of Jesus. I'll pour my problems. I'll put my pride and arrogance at his feet. I would, I would, I would, I would put a price on this, and I will serve him. I will show him my love. I will just show him my love. I don't know about you. I don't know what you want to show him. But rise on your feet right now. Rise on your feet right now. And lift up your two hands. And lift up your two hands. And begin to pray and talk to him. Talk to this Jesus. Talk to this Jesus. Talk to this Jesus. Talk to this Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. Is Jesus in my soul? For I have touched the hem of His garment, and His.
Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it very high. Congregation, let's join them in this prayer. Say with us. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you just the way we are. Lord, we ask you to forgive our sins. Wash us, O God, with your blood. Come into our heart and be our Lord and our Savior. In your name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. 